0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision Last week, two Tasmanian preachers, a Presbyterian pastor whose name is Campbell Markham and a street preacher, David G, were hauled before Tasmania's anti-discrimination commissioner following a complaint about their comments on same-sex marriage. David G works as an evangelist with the Cornerstone Church in Hobart. He's doing that one day a week. He also works a further day and a half, funded by the street evangelist ministry called 513. And in his spare time, he practices as a vet. Uh, let's get an update on what's happening with David G. Hello, David. Welcome to 2020.
1: Hello, Neil. It's good to see you.
0: David, this coming Friday is a significant day. It's a day you'll be having what they call a conciliation meeting, and that's endeavour, I imagine, to try and work things out. Because you're in the middle, you're embroiled at this moment in quite a significant and even heated dispute. Is that the way you'd describe it?
1: It's a long-standing heated dispute. To be honest with you, Neil. This dispute has been going on for quite some time with the young man, Samuel Mazur, who's involved in this. I've been working in the the mall in Hobart for quite some time, sharing the gospel there through Bibles, gospel literature, one-to-one conversations and preaching. And almost from the day that I began doing this work, Samuel has been coming along to oppose the work. So this is the latest phase in an ongoing battle.
0: So having made a complaint about your being there uh, on a street in Hobart, and you have a table set up, uh, but having Mm -hmm. made that complaint, uh, the Anti-Discrimination Commission has... Uh, called you to appear before it. Is is that the way it works? Is that a little bit like appearing in court?
1: Similar. Uh, It's not part of the normal court system, but what essentially happens is they receive a complaint, they consider it, and if they think it's worth investigating, they will then notify, in this case, myself and Campbell, and then there's a process that you work through where my uh, Campbell and myself were asked to give a response to the allegations. There was about 18 originally. It's been reduced to 17. And once that response is given, there's an opportunity to have a meeting to try and sort things out, so a negotiation between the different parties. And then from there, if it can't be sorted out, it goes to a, a full court of law.
0: I suspect for listeners hearing that there's another case like this before the anti-discrimination tribunal in Tasmania. They'll be reflecting on a recent case, that of the Catholic Archbishop Julian Porteous, who distributed a booklet to Catholic schools outlining a Christian teaching on marriage and family. And he himself was the recipient of a complaint and a long drawn-out process. Do you see yourself a little bit in a similar light to to what happened to Archbishop? Bishop Portius? It's very similar in some ways.
1: In other ways, it's actually quite different. What Archbishop Porteous was facing was a response to a printed um, leaflet. What Campbell and myself are facing is actually a much, much broader set of allegations, touching on a sermon that I preached in church, things that come from my blog that I write for Operation 513, Campbell's blog that he writes for the church, and also from literature that I hand out on the streets. So on top of that, there's also private conversations that I've had with Samuel, as well as conversations that I've had whilst preaching on the streets. So it's almost every realm of Christian activity is touched on. Um, So it's much, much broader than what Archbishop Porteous was facing.
0: And, David, this is a story that's continuing to develop, isn't it? And given that this week... Uh, those decisions about the Liberal National Coalition holding to a plebiscite. And there is going to be a debate uh, over these issues continuing to do with uh, same-sex marriage and the contrast uh, with a Christian view of marriage, a Christian view of not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a developing story. And do you see this as some way timely that this major development Uh, has happened with you at a time when the whole debate over marriage is about to go into overdrive.
1: In some ways, it is very much to be expected, Neil. When when we see these sorts of opposing forces coming against the Christian worldview, we shouldn't be surprised that it comes from many points of view at once. And what I see happening here in Hobart is an expression of what is Australia-wide. Uh, this is an attempt by not necessarily a, cons- a concerted group of people. They're not they're not all organised together. It's not quite like that, but it's definitely something I believe that the enemies of Christianity are pushing all together to to see Christianity stopped in being able to make comment when it comes to issues of sexual ethics, um, to share the the Christian gospel message, but. Also, to be able to say to people, look, this is the godly way to do life together, the way that will lead to people being blessed, the way that will lead to our children being blessed. And it's not disparate parts of things. This is all tied together in the gospel. This is all tied together in God's word. And in some ways, I'm not at all surprised that it's it's coming around the same time. And I I, I genuinely praise God for the opportunities that this has raised because it gives myself, it gives Campbell, an opportunity to speak into a situation where otherwise we would not be able to. Um, Because of some of the interest that this has generated, we've been able to have gospel conversations with all sorts of different people that otherwise might not have showed an interest. And it's a wonderful opportunity in that way, but it is also very, very serious.
0: Well, there's a few extra fans you'll be making today as listeners to our conversation hear what you've got to say. Let me take you back to, you said there was something like 17 points uh, where the complaints are. And as I understand it, that most of those you'll stand by, some of those you might not hold too closely to. Uh, do you admit somehow or other that you've you made a mistake or two suggesting a few thoughts?
1: I'm not a perfect person. I say things sometimes that I wish I wouldn't, and there are some of the allegations that are related to that sort of thing. They're nothing to do with the Gospel. They're nothing to do with God's Word. They're merely me being irritated and responding in irritation, and I'm quite happy to back away from those. I'm quite happy to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And anything that is to do with me, I hold on to very loosely. But those things that are related to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, things that identify sin as sin and show the need of people to turn to Jesus in faith and repentance, those I will defend and I will stand by right right to the end. But yes, there is some things I will back away from.
0: David G is our guest. He is an evangelist. He works with the Cornerstone Church in Hobart and he's the latest what we might call a victim of the anti-discrimination laws in Tasmania. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. We're taking some time to hear from the latest person to be dragged before the Anti-Discrimination Tribunal in Tasmania. It seems to be a bit of a habit of this happening in Tasmania, especially around issues to do with same-sex marriage and the Christian gospel. Well, David G works as an evangelist in Hobart part of the Cornerstone Church in Hobart. We're talking through some of the issues that have been happening and unfolding with David this week. David, the complainant has really made it quite clear that he's trying to shut you up, trying to gag you from having the message that you're speaking. Is that the feeling that you get about the the intentions of the complainant?
1: It's more than just a feeling, Neil. He, in his submission to the commission has included his desired outcome. And there he has asked that I have my permit to speak in the centre of Hobart removed and that i never be able to apply again. So he's after a permanent gag on my work within the centre of
0: Hobart. Now, how are church leaders responding to that idea? Are they on your side, or are they silent? Uh, what sort of response have you had from perhaps other church leaders other than your own denomination?
1: Well, within our own denomination, there's been a huge amount of support uh, over the the different denominations that are out there. Um, obviously, the Catholics have been very supportive because they've been through this with Julian, but... Um, as far as the people that I've spoken to, um, everyone is essentially saying, this is something important. You need, to, you need to respond to this. You need to continue doing what you're doing. You need to keep going. Good on you. There's been all those sorts of comments made. There's been a, a few comments saying, oh, look, is this really wise? But they're very much in the minority.
0: I'm reminded of Peter and John in the book of Acts who were dragged before the courts in one sense there for preaching the gospel and when they were released they went back to a prayer meeting where they prayed for increased boldness how are you feeling about having been dragged before this tribunal and there's a process happening and you're able to talk about these things what are you feeling like that in in some sense uh, aligned with some of the great preachers of the New Testament?
1: A much humbler version. But my response to all of this is, to to give you what I say to people when they ask me how I am, I say, God is good. God is good. In all these things, God is good. And my feeling, my response to all of this is that, firstly, I need to trust God, because it could I could become scared of this, I could become concerned for myself and my family, but I need to keep my eyes on Jesus, keep my eyes on him who is in control of all of the storms of life. I need to keep my eyes on him, and that is what I continually come back to now. I need to look at him because he's the one who's in control.
0: David, some people will think that being a street preacher or someone who sets up a table and hands out Bibles and talks to people about faith is something of the past. You know, people are on social media. What's the value of actually being flesh and blood, standing on the street corner or at your table there in Hobart's Speaker's Corner? What's the value of being there on the street? What's your encouragement to others? I would
1: encourage others in two ways. First of all, for themselves. I have found it to be a rule in my life and the life of those who have gone out with me on the streets, that if you are willing to go out and speak to strangers, it makes you more eager to speak to the people around you who are your friends, who are your neighbours. And it makes you more able because you've had that awkward moment where you're not quite sure what to say. And You realize that God carries you through it. So firstly for themselves, I would say get out there and start talking to people. Give it a go. You might not get it perfect the first time, but that's okay. God can use even our mistakes. And secondly, I would say from the words of Charles Spurgeon, a defense doesn't need to be given for preaching out of doors. A defense needs to be given for saying you shouldn't preach out of doors. The precedent for street preaching, for preaching on you know, parks and all of the different highways and byways, is everywhere in Christian history. Some of our greatest revivals have come about because ministers took to the streets. And I would say, from the theological side of things, this is something that our Lord did. This is something that the apostles did. And so I'm seeking, in my own small, humble way, to follow that.
0: David, let me ask you about some practicalities, and I hope you don't mind, but uh, do you need to engage a lawyer when you appear before an anti-discrimination commission? Are there some expenses here that you may need some help with. I suspect you might need people to gather around. You might need a few friends. There may be those who are listening to our conversation today who would like to take up your case and be your friend. Uh, Is there any need like that for people to uh, be responsive?
1: There is. There definitely is. I would encourage people to do a few things. Um, If you would like to contribute, I like to keep things in order of priority and the first priority in all of this is that they pray. They need to be in prayer. Um, That is our greatest need and that will be the need that continues all the way through this process. If they are wanting to contribute legally, if you're a lawyer and you're hearing me, we would love to hear from you. We have got a legal team from the Human Rights Law Alliance and a few lawyers from here in Hobart who are coming together to support us and to provide legal advice. So if you're wanting to contribute to that process, um, I'd be more than happy to hear from you. It would be wonderful. But as far as finances go, if people feel led to do that, Neil, I I would be happy to do that. Um, I would be suggesting someone contact me by email um, or alternately contact my pastor, Campbell Markham, via our church website and um we can talk about how to do that to be perfectly honest this is very early in the piece so we're not we're not actually organized anything on that front just yet
0: okay well uh, we're talking about the presbyterian church uh, in hobart uh, it is a specific presbyterian church the cornerstone church in hobart what is the website for people to link with you if they are able to help david
1: it's cornerstonehobart.com.au
0: Well, David, uh, certainly, as I said, you'll be making friends because as Christian believers recognise that a brother in Christ is being hauled before the authorities, and in this case the anti-discrimination tribunal. Because you're a preacher of the gospel, uh, it sort of elevates you to an extra level, and I know you'll humbly accept this, as uh, almost a level of hero status, and uh, setting a great example for what believers need to do when they are thinking of their own courage and their own boldness when it comes to standing for the things of God, for not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, David, thanks so much for talking to us today. Uh, We'll try and monitor the events as they unfold with you. No doubt we'll be talking on another day, but thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us on 2020 Today.
1: My pleasure, Neil. Thank you.